Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 418. 18. Yes. 418. Yes, yes. not 300s, not some yeah, other random numbers. Not 300 numbers. in fact, or any other number <laughs> that we make up. And uh, we are recording this on Father's Day, so we get into a little bit of discussion of fathers and superheroes and comic books, and one that I can't believe I totally forgot until now, which I feel is much needed because i do think he out of all the fathers we talked about some they're kind of dicks some of they're good but uh yan uh yandu and peter quill uh mainly from the obviously he's not in the comic book world but mcu we gotta gotta give it to him um yes and his line may not be your father but i'm your daddy something uh, like that or some version of what tony just said <laughs> yes and then I also uh, reviewed a book that Anthony talked about last week that I wasn't really paying attention when we were recording uh, for one reason or the other, and uh, talked about it again. So you'll have that. Yep, and so so that means, buckle in, folks, I'm going to review it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks in a row. But I also talked about Dark Knight's Metal, uh, Death Metal, number one. And how interesting that was. And we, I don't know, we talked about some other yeah. stuff going on, but not much. There wasn't yeah. wasn't a lot this week, so with that, uh, buckle on in, grab a cold one, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 418, From Lunch to Labor. From Lunch to Labor? Yep. That was my day for my dad. Oh, for Father's okay. Day. <laughs> I gotcha. Mm. So I'm wearing a headband. Sunday cleaning. Yep. Sweat, because I'm fat. Sweat just pours down my face when I'm cleaning, because it's like the only exercise I get <laughs> during the week. And it's just in my eyeballs. Yeah, it. I mean, being Father's Day, I went and visited my dad, and thought we were gonna do like some lunch or something but i guess he wants to go golfing with me and my brother and so obviously can't get you know a reservation for that right now so later on the week or something we'll do that and then do dinner so i'm like okay so there's i have the afternoon then free but because he owns some apartments and they have inspections every now and then he's just doing some touch-ups like painting and everything and power washing and i got talked into power washing so mm. i had a, a fun afternoon that i wasn't expecting power washing yeah it to be 100 percent honest though i had it was kind of fun like look at i'm getting it clean you know what you should power wash next what my car because i did and then i did his too <laughs> did you do your house your oh. garage probably could use power wash i'm sure yeah my house but i, I mean yeah. I, I wasn't but i can steal my dad's just bring the power washer inside the house <laughs> and just wash everything outside fresh start <laughs> <laughs> like when your bathroom flooded and i was like well this is the cleanest it's ever gonna be <laughs> <laughs> oh lens 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 uh, um sorry yeah, so uh, Anthony has gone uh, home, so he's uh, on the other side of the state 
for his dad for Father's Day, so he won't be joining us. And then Charles, we don't know where he's at. He's still... I mean, you do know where he's at. I know, he's just not... In... Well, right. he's being a little bitch, that's what he's doing. He has a he has a new amore. <laughs> yes. Right? That, yep, a new eel. Yep. Amore <laughs> eel. Hey. You know. It happens. Uh so yeah, so let's uh get into some reviews. Uh, there I'm going to say right now, I don't know. Oh no. Technical difficulties with uh, Skyping right now, and uh, now we have to go to a new platform and uh, continue on going. And somehow yeah. I don't know how to not do that anymore, but I have bunny ears. I've never Please done have... these things before. Oh, that, okay, oh, that changes, okay. Yeah. I don't know what that does. I've never, I've never messed with these type of things before where you have these filters and make things happen to you oh <laughs> i'm a pizza face it's just just us messing with you know they get to hear us us elder millennials messing with fucking facebook shit <laughs> i'm a unicorn okay yes uh yes <laughs> I don't even remember where we were at. Um, Reviews. Oh. You were good talking about books. Yes, there were not uh, a lot of books that came out this week. No. And so I was like, well, this is Slim Pickens. I uh, hope Linz has uh, some other ones. And then just looking up any news that happened in the past week, again, I'm like, everyone just took this week off or something? Like, there's not anything yeah. happening? And so... That's okay, I think. I think a, a, a downturn in social content coming at us is maybe not a bad thing right now. <laughs> that, that is true, that is true. Well, I mean, but we all need that escapism. We need that other other thing than reality to jump into, so. Mm-hmm. So I do wish there was I did more. read a book. It's not new. Um, I read Bitter Root from Image. Have you read this book? Nope. Bitter, okay. bitter Root. Bitter Root. So um, the cool thing is you can read the first issue for free on Image, and I think you can also get it for free, the first issue off Comixology. Um, the concept of the comic book is it's about this family who lives in New York, like during the Harlem Renaissance, so we're talking like the 1920s, um, the black family, who is a family of uh, monster hunters, basically. So it's very, like, steampunkish and, you know, still takes into effect the Harlem Renaissance and um, uh, just, the, you know, the whole thing is them, the first couple pages is them dealing with a monster that they had caught. So, again, this this is going to be the, you know, I had said that I was going to try and review some more, like, uh, black-focused books, right, where the artists and the writers are, are black, um, and this is definitely a good one to pick up. So, 
the um I just want to ask, does this have anything to do with cooking? No. Well, that's, that's the first thing I thought of, bitter root, and I don't know why. Like, I guess just the bitter was, was thinking taste. So there's, um, so the monsters are people who have been corrupted, right? So uh, they kind of look like cryptids a little bit, but they're actually people who have transformed into these monsters. So like kind of like a werewolf aspect, although they're not necessarily werewolves. They look like all kinds of different creatures. Um and they catch them and they change them back and they use a concoction that they make that changes the people back it saves their souls from corruption basically and okay. that is where the so there is some cooking oh. <laughs> not the kind that you eat them <laughs> the kind that saves people's lives um uh the the so in the back of this first issue there's a a whole thing from the the creators about um first of all the creators are david walker chuck brown and sanford green and this came from image i think i said that already though um there's a whole thing in, there's a there's a thing in the back from the creators about uh afrofuturism which is a concept that comes up in the art community from time to time where it it takes the african-american community and, and supposes what things will be like for them in the future in like a very sci-fi sort of kind of way um but this isn't a future book this is a past book and it's horror and they got into this whole discussion about how um how to qualify things like Candyman or get out or those things that are more horror based right so they came up with this uh term called ethnogothic right so it covers anything that's in the horror genre but that's ethnically diverse which is definitely what this book is i mean without uh, i mean i'm, um, I'm talking i'm going to cool bring up I'm... a trope but in horror movies usually the minority characters are the first to die right so this is more i mean if you think about movies like Candyman, where Candyman is the villain mm -hmm. right yep. he's a black man um well he looks like a black man in the movie. He's a monster in the movie. Um, but, like, Get Out, right? That was a whole horror movie where the white people were the villains and the black people were the victims, but they weren't, like, the they weren't the, the token character, as it's been come to calls um, so much that there's a character in South Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It was just a really interesting uh, concept that they kind of created, um, a way for them to, like, give a genre to the book that they wrote. Uh, the other cool thing is there's an article in the back from a, um, from a university scholar type where he talks about um, how they've used this book as a way to talk about racism because the monsters in this book are meant to stand in for racism that black people uh face every day and the fact that it's these people who become corrupted with hate and evil and then they're working really hard to like change them back sort of thing so it's a really interesting take on it and the the writer said um it's much easier to deal with these sort of ideas when you're looking at uh, red-faced horror
horned creature as the bad guy and not just a white person, not just a racist, right? It's it's much easier to deny the um, that it exists when there's not a monster right in front of your face. So uh, it, the art in it is really, really good. The book was really interesting. I like the opening page is this old kind of sepia-toned family photo where they have all of their gear on and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like this book a lot. It just looks super cool. Um, the, and the end of it, that last page of the first issue is uh, one of the family members shows up to save a man from the KKK, right? Because it mm-hmm. takes place in the 20s. Like, there, there was a lot of crazy shit going on back. I mean, there still is. But uh, so they're, they're facing they're facing some tough issues in this book, which I can appreciate. Um, but just just the idea, like, now I'm not going to be able to read it without replacing the monsters in this book with racists, which I think is kind of the point and good yeah. and a good way to read the book. Um, it, it, it makes it kind of like, I don't know, you know, accessible, I guess. And you can see it from maybe a better way than if you were just reading a book, um, about, or the news or whatever, you know, about racists in America. Um, definitely a good, a good pickup. And like I said, you can read the first issue for free on Comixology or on the image website. And I would definitely suggest doing that because I, Unless you don't want to spend money, because I think you're going to want to buy the rest of them after you read it. Um, but definitely at least check out the first issue. It's really good. All right. Um, I That's have, what I read. I have two that I uh, want to talk about. One that I briefly do, just because I'm I'm on the fence. I'm, go, I'm still interested enough. Um, and it is Wind, number one, by Boom Studios. Now, uh-huh. I started off being like, all right, I kind of like, uh, you know, the artwork, you know, always is the first thing to pull you in. And it, to me, it felt uh, kind of, you know, a bit like anime-ish. Um, but it starts off very interesting of this person whose name is Wind, Y-W-N-D, uh, which I think is a kind of a cool, badass name, especially. Probably, I'm assuming, has to do Wait. something with probably with real wind and uh and you see him kind of what looks like he's jumping over roofs and from the cover but or that could be him floating so who knows uh, i'm guessing magical world and you see within the first pages he's um sleeping and then turns into this like valkyrie type like evil fur dragon werewolf type creature and but then you find out that that's just a dream. And, you know, I, I hate those tropes, but I guess it kind of, it did pull me in enough to be like, all right, it's worth to further reading. But then it, it it was a slow book that I felt. And obviously most number ones can, can have that effect where um, they're trying to set up this world. But I was still trying to get what the plot was. And that's where I'm kind of like on the fence where I still don't necessarily know what all is going on. But there was a, a, a funny part where um, this this guy, the, the bandaged man, comes out of nowhere. And like I said, 
looks like very anime. Like I can I can show you lens about like I bad guy, good guy. Did you get to see that? Mm. Yeah, like the invisible bandish sort of bandage thing going on. Yeah, and I don't know why he's being like it seems like everyone's like afraid of him or um it doesn't seem like they really like the guy, but they're also like gotta be silent around him. Don't want, you know, people to hear that they're saying that he's kinda creepy. And so so one of these other characters, because, um, again, started with wind and then um goes on to uh, who's this other guy? Um I didn't really get his name, but he's talking to his dad, who is gardening, who then you find out that their family has always been gardening, and they live in Pipe Town, and one of these plants looks like, I started thinking like all superheroes like this, or uh, video games, Pipe Town, I'm thinking, well, that's a piranha plant, and then what happens is there's this cute little cuddly, like, Pokemon-like looking creature in the uh, plants here. But, from what the father says, and this is, again, another of those things of is this a world where they were lied to and this is an actually cute creature and they shouldn't kill Wait, it? is this issue one? Yeah. Did like Anthony said, review this? Did he? Yes, he totally did. <laughs> it did sound familiar. <laughs> creatures yeah and that's okay i did think but then again i don't remember getting in with the you missed, bu- a, you missed a tune out <laughs> yeah because this is the comic that i really like the line art on right because it's got the heavy uh outline on the front in the in the pers- for perspective uh in the front facing characters and then the further back you get into the perspective the less heavy the outline of things are right not really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at like the big city shots, like the characters up well, there's front like, are like, like heavy only, outlined. Well, yeah, there's only one really big heavy city shot. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting to hear the things you talk about versus the things Anthony talked about. So keep going. Okay. Well, that was my biggest thing. Like I said, uh, this would be why I partially felt like I've been to this world before, but. Um, this this Pokemon thing when they killed it like it was so sad and that also kind of stuck with me enough to be like I, I feel like this world they're being lied to and this thing really won't hurt them they just killed an innocent little Aww. plant little creature. plant little flower plant yeah so I'm uh yeah and then at the end like again it this uh, prince uh, asks his friend to do him a favor and kind of leaves him off on that. But, like, I don't, again, people are afraid of this bandaged man. Uh, this world seems to be kind of with magic, and I don't know where or what's going on. So it makes me in- intrigued enough to find out if these people are all asshole Pokemon Team Rocket type people. And Right. <laughs> And where, where's where's Ash Ketchum when we need him in this world? I think that's supposed to be wind, right? <laughs> I mean, that very well could... Here's the thing. That's I think that's what I'm... I'm sticking around for that. But 
other than that, I'm kind of like, oh, you got to pull me in with something else. Otherwise, who knows how long. But it was a pretty big book. It was like 40 pages, so. Wow. Yeah. And that is actually funny, yeah. too, because cause when we talked about, uh, I just didn't listen to his fucking book that he was saying, because James, <laughs> James Tinian, the fourth, when we talked about that last week. Yeah, Well, he gets two reviews in a in a row, I guess. <laughs> so basically, this book has the Drunk on Comics seal of approval because two out of three people have felt it was good enough to re- read and review. <laughs> you know that means we have to review next week, Liz. I'm gonna have to review Wind. <laughs> I think I will just for the fun. <laughs> well, uh, the main book that I wanted to chat about it because. This, as well, threw me for a loop at the beginning. It is uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal number one. Now, ah. I, I think the the naming of these books is a little dumb, I think. Like, I get it. The first one, they say Dark, Dark Knight's Metal as if it's like metal music, but it's really talking about actual physical metal. But then this is like a play on of words of like, the genre of death metal but yet no this has to deal with death so just the double entendre there i think is a little too on point um but again i don't know what else you would call this series i think there's a big crossover just like there's a big crossover in um wrestling fans and comic book fans i think there also is a big crossover in like metal fans and comic book fans i mean there's a whole magazine slash including comics that's called heavy metal right yeah like there's just a just a nice cross section so more than anything it's a fan service i think but here's the thing for something like this that is like so on the nose like fan service to name it it's really fucking good like you would think this is yeah. like a cheesy uh write-off side quest that no one really cares about but all those death or those metal books were great, and this seems to be another one of those. And all I can say is, uh, it's it starts off where uh, Sergeant um, Sergeant Rock Slaughter. What? Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. Is that who you're gonna say? No, I said no. Sergeant. Is, isn't Sergeant Rock? I thought was his name, but if you're no. saying Sergeant Slaughter. No. No, that's a guy from. <laughs> that's a guy from. Oh, wrestling. wrestling? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, are you reading this? Do you know this isn't your review? Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Literally. Keep going. Literally, Sergeant Rock. I know. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Anyway. All I can say is uh, there was. Uh, it starts off with the DCU and kind of what looks like a, a map of somehow you would say like a world that's shaped kind of like a Batman symbol. But I mean, it's more or less just art than anything else. But I, I just thought that it that one page made me think, okay, this is a different universe, different world. Obviously, we're in the negative universe but we're not we're in the dcu in fact the one of the first panels <coughs> where it's saying we're in hell formerly uh themiscara is that how you pronounce that 
But oh. the mascara, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, the best we're going to get on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but it's, like I said, it says, Hell, formerly Themyscira, the DCU, and then it goes, yeah, in parentheses, yes, the real DCU. And I'm like, when the hell did that turn into hell? I am so confused because even though I'm not necessarily reading Wonder Woman, I feel like that would be a big deal in some of the other DC books that I've been reading. Something, and maybe the editor is really dumb and this is not their 616 main uh, Earth of the DCU, which is also weird because I haven't really heard them truly call any of their universes like the main one, like the DCU. No, that's like the term for the comic books that they're in the DC universe. Like, do they know that they're DC? <laughs> I that what's well, when 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 fans have dubbed the Marvel Cinematic Universe the MCU. They don't say the Marvel comic book, like, they just have their numbers for their their universe. Just like DC used to have, like, well, they'd say it, their Earth 1 or Earth 2 or uh, put that out as, or or Universe 1 or Universe 22 or whatever. So just them kind of trying to start using that feels a little forced. But again, also really confusing me and then what i eventually come to find out this is again one of the story uh ways that comics always tell stories is they get in the action and then they oh tell me how i forgot how we got here to where you find out yes this is actually canon proper happening now Hmm. like maybe like a, a year from now like some shit happened and which is revealed later at the end of the book and without getting too much into it they are really trying to set again i don't want to compare it to other companies but my lore i love lore in all universes and i feel dc's kind of jumping the shark a bit with how much they're really going into how much lore uh is going on here with all universes have two poles around it and they're opposing forces uh you could say one is uh uh, the uh, is the positive uh, energy of universes, and you know that has to do with like the speed force and the emotional spectrum and all that. But then there's this this opposite power. Let's just call it crisis energy. That to me, a little cheesy name because obviously crisis is a huge thing that they use in DC all the time. Uh-huh. And I do, in some parts I feel it's fitting, but I also just feel like, I don't know, it it feels a little forced. But that has to do with, well, all the crises, the anti-life of crazen, chaos, magic. So you're getting the, the gist of that is what creates universes. And in each universe, there is a being who uh, helps mold the universe and how they are and um, and pretty much takes the energy and presence of the source and in this uh the main dcu it's uh perpetua is her name and she created this universe at the beginning of time with chaos magic because she wanted it to be like eternal and again this is all retconning like a bunch of other stuff in a way that where it wouldn't necessarily affect like everything could have happened this stuff could have been behind the scenes 
But sometimes when you start introducing this whole new, like a villain that's always been there, like the Court of Owls for Batman, you got to mm-hmm. do it in a way where you got to like really explain why the fuck they never showed up to now. And I th- and they did that in that series with having the whole uh, dark universe and the reason why no one, the uh, Green Lanterns, anyone have ever found it before. They did a decent enough reasoning of why it just was never known or found out. So sure, that could have been there all the time. This now feels a little bit... So now you're telling me there's this being, this lady that's always been here that no one has ever known about. Like, how many times you keep doing that in a comic book to where you kind of say, well, what, where, I don't know what I'm understanding anymore. But this came much later in the story, which uh, everything else in between... Uh, it caught me up to understand this is, like I said, the real world and what's going on. But everything else in this book was pretty solid. I don't want to get uh, too much into it, but Batman did what Batman does and saved the day. You come to find out that the Batman who laughs has taken over. They are destroying universes. He has replaced his has his own Justice League with his dark uh, metal friends, uh, evil, uh, you know, imposters of, of the heroes here. Certain heroes like Diana, she is in charge of hell right now. She is the warden. Uh, Joker called her Wonder Warden. And I thought that was kind of funny. Because <laughs> the main Joker is in prison there. Uh I have a I have a feeling that he might be like the part of the hero team in this story somehow, but they she melts down the invisible jet uh, that comes to be a key part later on, and again this is all at the beginning where you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on where is this at and you still don't you get the flashback of they had a battle with Perpetua and she took all the chaos energy and Diana took all the good positive energy and then a flash and a bang and this is where you know we woke up now as she's been told by a secret prisoner that gets dropped down but i just want to uh point out for the batman that patrol they all work for the batman who laughs and one of the batmen was when his bat cave was because these are all from different universes when his bat cave uh like imploded he uploaded his conscience to the robotic dinosaur that's, like, chilling in his cave. I guess that's a robot, not just a stuffed dinosaur. So, when they come to drop off this prisoner, he starts just yelling at Diana. And she's like, I'm going to rip your sister's heads off if, you know, if you don't listen to the, the main Batman. And she's like, uh, you know, please, can you... Uh, you know, can you throw batarangs with those tiny arms? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> and and can you drive a Batmobile? Like, um, and that just to me was like some good uh, banter. Batman, uh, again, you find out that there's some park in Batman that was secretly some uh, graveyard to what these people that they call them dead bats and but in the papers they call them dead beats so therefore it's always been there because we've heard people call them 
deadbeats and not dead bats, but you got to throw in the connotation that this all revolves around Bruce. And a battle that happens within this when the Batman who laughs is, you know, has his whole gang together. Batman comes up and Batman who laughs pretty much says, what are you going to do, you know? have a dead army come after me and then all of a sudden you see a black lantern lantern ring and then i'm like oh fuck okay this just jumped from whatever to an 11 and then he raised uh, the dead and he has jonah hex on his side too so he left jonah he's like you you know you see about the rest of this uh and then jonah goes good to finally be the best fucking looking one out of the group <laughs> so again there, there's been there are some great moments in there besides the whole how this all happened, which letting it sit, I'll just have to be like, to get where we're going with this story, that's, I guess, as best they could come up with. Um, again, this is not the direction I thought these books were going to go in, but I do like that we're already past them trying to take over. Like, we're at, we're yeah. at, you know, we're already at, like, shit's gone wrong, uh, People are imprisoned. Uh, the reason why Diana's helping and a few other of the heroes are helping is because, well, they know they can't beat these bad guys at the moment. And they also know that, uh, or the Batman Who's Laugh is promising them once they take care of all their, their shit, he will give each of them a planet for them to, to protect those people. Like, I'm giving you a reward of you can take a certain amount of people and come back. And uh, and so these people are like, well, we're either all going to die or I can at least save some people if I start helping out. So, you know, the tri trolley uh, uh, problem. And that's what they're doing, except for they're doing something different. And I don't want to explain how. I will tell you afterwards, but... Lobo shows up and he's found some ancient artifact and that was just a quick panel that was like didn't have any you know resolution to what he found but I was like I thought of you and uh, I, think I that, love Lobo I know and then when you think of it too death metal like yeah he's a perfect uh, persona Fuck for yeah. someone to do death metal so I'm I'm very curious what he's gonna have on an impact of the story but yeah I've uh, I don't know. I really liked it. I thought it was good. The yeah, end. I was just looking at an article about it. I trust Scott Snyder fully, right? I yeah. mean, he really hasn't done much wrong in terms of bat stories. Uh, but I did just read that um, Wonder Woman now has a chainsaw. And the lasso of truth is the starter pull for the chainsaw. Yeah. I don't know that that wasn't shown in here, but I did see a uh, a picture for like next time. So that is it's probably one of those. It's going to be a just a cover. It could be a remade, or it could be truly a, a chainsaw. All right, with with what uh, Batman's original plan was, will you you melted down the invisible jet? So now it's just like metal slag. We could forge that into armor. To where we would be invisible well she 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 did something different and i can't say what because it's going to probably have big repercussions but she made kind of an invisible last lasso uh 
or like you know uh what is it not a gary net or whatever you know the things that people could just take fishing line and choke what you'd oh yeah yeah i don't know what those are called the very thinking. sinister piece long lengths of thin metal that they choke people out with yeah but, but okay I think that's what they're called. It's a really long name. There's got to be an acronym for it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, there, yeah, the, the, with the here in in the comic book, there is a, just a page because it broke up the story in a couple different ways. It was one big story. It was everything, but kind of to like on the other side of town, they kind of had a couple just uh, pictures. And yes, one just says the chainsaw of truth. It would be cool <laughs> if, we, if we get more into that. That'd be interesting. Uh, but yeah, that is that is that. Now, nice. since it's Father's Day, something that I was thinking, uh, just more or less, if you would think of any good fathers, not even good superhero fathers, because any good superhero fathers. Well, just or just superhero fathers, and I was trying to think. Well, everyone that's a superhero has a parent. But I was trying to more or less think of, but the father is a superhero, superhero. and more or less their kid would be probably a superhero as well. So I guess, I mean, you know, you could say uh, uh, Luke, Luke, Super and Batman, obviously. Luke Cage, I believe his kid has some powers that they haven't been able to, or has kind of shown, but they always like, him and Jessica Jones's um, daughter, like, is always like, a, I don't know, a focus on certain things. So you're like, that kid's gonna have power somehow. And I want to say I thought they manifested at one point as a kid, but going through trying to just think of, there aren't a lot of superheroes that have though kids. And when you think about it, the ones that primarily do are also mutants. Look at Magneto. Or Scott Summers, or yeah, oh yeah, oh the Grays, yeah for sure the Gray Summer Kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, definitely those ones. Magneto's kids, I mean, his well, kids the, messing up in the, the air thing still, well, right? The, but he still has he has Polaris, so that's his. I true... thought that was still up in the air too. Nope, but everything right now that I at least know, and they could have retconned it lately. But Polaris is still his daughter. And actually, I want to say in the next books, they've still even established that uh, when they showed her once. Because she hasn't really shown up in the X books. But they have definitely, though, demutated Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. So they are no longer his. But then again, you kind of say, well, he, he didn't really fake raise them. He just said that later on in life. So they don't count. But you could do uh, Professor X and in, in, in Legion, like. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, Professor X is like the worst dad on the planet. I know that's that's why I, that's why I was kind of being like, I don't want to say good fathers because you keep. I kept thinking Professor X is kind of not a. He's a dick. He's not a good father. Yeah. He's terrible. I mean, he locked. He locked once once he found out about Legion didn't. I mean, obviously, his name isn't Legion. But once he found out about him, didn't he lock him up? Because he was too powerful. Well, he put him in, like, a psychic, like, yeah, psych ward. But he thought it was the best that he could do. 
he should have known better. He can see into people's minds. I mean, yes, that is true. <laughs> and we're, uh, we have Mr. Fantastic. Oh, he, those kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a fully realized family unit, right? Which you don't get to see too often in comic yeah. books, really. I mean, I feel like, really, you you get that a bit with the Bat books. I mean, they're all kind of... I mean, Bruce does have his true son, but he has all the other adopted kids and and everything. Um, can you think of any other one? Oh, uh, Thor, I guess, and Odin. Or Odin is a dad. Odin is, He's yeah. a dick, too. He, he's the all-father, right? <laughs> he's all of our fathers. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you... Um, Norman Osborn? I mean... He was yeah, powered. I mean, he's somebody's dad. <laughs> well, Harry was also a Green Goblin at one point, so you kind of throw that. Because, like, I was thinking too, you could have like uh, the the Guthrie family or the Braddock's family, but they're yeah. they're sure their dad, but their dad wasn't kind of a a hero. At least as far as I remember, for those families, they're just. I think some of the best dads in comic books are. Um, non-powered dads of powered kids like and that these kids are like adopted kids so we have like Uncle Ben right I mean he doesn't last very long in the Spider-Man comic books but his his raising of Peter and and the loss of him it definitely drives the entire fucking franchise Mm -hmm. um pocket right like those to me those have always been in comic books like the the those men have been like the ideal dads they're they're taking on situations that they weren't expected to and doing a very good job at it right i mean they raised some good kids <laughs> you can uh, I guess you could kind of say uh, uh, Thanos and Gamora. I mean, adopted daughter, but I'd give it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't want to discriminate on you know adoption's good too. So he was a he was a true father. Um, I always forget uh, Hulk has a kid, so he's a dad. Does he? Yes, that uh, Scar. Oh yeah, yeah from from Planet Hulk. Yep. One, yeah, one that right. I, I forgot about that. One that I was thinking of before all this, too, uh, that's a little more obscure that people wouldn't know, but Nightcrawler has his dad, uh, Azizo, who is a, a demon-type uh, Yeah, he's creature. like a de- he's almost like he has a very Satan-like figure. Yeah. Right? The, the red red demon. Can you think of any others? And, like, we've been really been doing DC and Marvel, but, again, those are the ones that have more of the the connected families to uh, superheroes. Right. Or at least the well, cape, and, cape type. I mean, there's the Walking Dead, right? We got, we got, uh, what's his name? Rick. Rick and Carl. To me, Carl. that's the, the biggest one, I think. That's non, non-DC Marvel related. That really comes to the, and there, well, there is a whole comic book franchise it's actually, there's a TV show that's going to be coming out about it called Jupiter's Legacy, right? Which is, um, I think, is written by, oh, I don't want to say because I'm going to fuck it up. Um, but 
the whole the whole point of the comic book series is that these kids are taking over for their aging superhero parents, right? Okay. And it's a really good series. It came out a while ago, and I know they're doing a TV series based on it. It might be Mark Miller who wrote it. Um, I really think that that's right, because I know he's doing a lot of shows with Netflix. Um, but to me, that that's an interesting concept, right? These these kids growing up that are superpowered under the shadow of their like very heroic godlike parents and now their godlike parents while all powerful are also old like they're getting old and they can't they can't they're too old for this shit so (laughs) their kids need to take over and the pressure that comes with that so it's a real interesting read then that also makes me think of sky high did you have you ever watched that movie no it comes up all the time and i'm like i've heard people say i should watch it but i'm like are they being serious or is this like not a good it's movie. A cute, it's a cute movie. It's a cute movie. You could watch it with Milo, maybe, okay. right? You're, it'd be a good one to watch. It, I mean, and it's basically about these these superhero kids who are going to high school. Their parents are usually also superpowered. It's very like a Harry Potterish sort of thing, right? Where where the parents were magical and the kids are magical. But in this case, it's the parents are supers and the kids are supers and they have to go to a special school to be able to train. There's levels of superheroes and there's sidekicks. Anyway, I'm getting into something that doesn't matter. But <laughs> Oh, uh, so I just, I thought of, uh, well, I was thinking when I was thinking of Thanos, I was thinking Darkseid has a kid. And then that uh, the High Father over there has, uh, Scott, um, um, Scott Free, so Mr. Miracle, and then I was trying to just think of like some other like families, because again, this this almost could be a whole topic of if these are all the fathers that we can say, there aren't a lot of superhero families in comic books besides pretty much these ones we've mentioned, and there are so many more heroes that you would think at, at one point they would start having maybe families or wanting to do that and then i thought of uh the runaways because they all had their family their their whole they had families and their parents were although criminals but you would still i mean they had powers so i think they count and then that made me think of families too the only last thing i can think of for a dad who i mean i'd probably say dad of the century but it's not a superhero but i'm going to throw it in because it's a comic book but Marco from Saga? Oh, I mean, that whole book is based around a family just yeah. protecting their child, right? But again, that's what made me think of... We're, we're start off by talking about fathers who are superhero-ish, and now even families as more rare than... Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, that book explores the family dynamic from a bunch of different angles, right? And the thing I like most about that is he's the softy, right? The dad's the softy in that relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's a it's a great, great, great angle to handle because you know you get you get these superhero tropes and the dads are all like brooding and like worried and and I from a real life perspective, I mean that's not a great way to be a parent. <laughs> 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 it's just not. Uh, 
so it's nice that they they flip it around from time to time. Um. There's a danger in having children as a superhero. It's the same reason why, like, they don't get in relationships, right? It's there's inherent danger in bringing a new human into this planet when you're fighting bad guys. True. True. Unless you know your kid's gonna like get your shit and be able to handle themselves, like it's kind of a risk to take. I I definitely agree. Um, did you find anything uh, newsworthy to talk about this week? Um, actually, the only thing I really looked at was the thing I just said about Jupiter Jupiter's Legacy uh, okay. TV series coming out soon. It has Josh Duhamel in it. You know who Josh Dumel is, yeah. right? He was in Transformers. Is he still um, married to Fergie? Oh, I don't... That I don't know. Oh. I, I think don't, he's don't the one that him. was married to <laughs> But yes, no I, I know of him, yes. Um, Jupiter's Legacy, I read it when it came out. It was really good. Uh, and I did verify that it is Mark Miller who wrote it. Who, so you know, just from that, it's going to be good. So I can't wait for that to come out. That'll be a, a nice little... You know what it, I originally it, just thought of was the, was it Jupiter Ascending or whatever? Mila Kunis uh, movie? That was terrible. Oh, yeah, not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> this is more along the line of, like, uh, it takes on the superhero genre more like the boys does than, like, your normal superhero tropes do. So, okay. Good. Um, Jeff. So, I I just learned of there's gonna be a new superhero cartoon show coming out soon, uh, based on uh, one of Stanley's uh, final projects that he was trying to work on, which is uh, superhero kindergarten. Okay. And the, I was like, this will be interesting. Um, it's you know. Got got its director now, John Landis, and I can see it going. But what really caught my eye was uh, it's going to star uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So from a promo piece that I saw, it looks like he's either like a teacher or a, pro- or a bus driver, or a, but he's a kindergarten in charge, like almost kinder- like a kindergarten cop. <laughs> I was just going to say, is he a kindergarten cop? I fucking love that movie. I know, but I just like... <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny that he is coming back to, uh... Oh, that's hilarious. I hope that they play with that, you know, a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. They gotta at least, yeah, make a joke at one point. Or if if he's just a teacher, he dresses up as a cop for Halloween episode or something. Right. Yeah. It'd be perfect. They have a whole episode about trying to help little kids go to the bathroom. (laughs) 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 Uh, such a good... I haven't thought about that movie in years. I almost feel what a like good reminder. I feel like we talked about this, but it again this was like newer news to me, so it must have just happened. Uh there is a movies pop up. Oh. Yeah, I um I don't know if we did talk about it. I did know about this cuz I I known it I've known it's been coming. Yeah. For a while now. Um Fucking this shit always happens in, in L.A., which I guess I know. makes sense. That's where There's been a couple live. that have popped up in Chicago of, of different ones. I know they did a uh, Saved by the Bell one in Chicago. So we get yeah. close to some of these because everything about a pop-up sh- uh, 
I don't know what you'd call it, just pop-up shop, pop-up whatever. Uh, most of the times are a restaurant-themed uh, thing. There has been some pop-ups of like a video game store or something that they've done for promotions for other type of movies, something from the movie universe. And I'm very curious what a, a movie's uh, experience would be. Uh, but, it sounds amazing. I have a movie... Uh, I have a movie meal box, right? Because it, it came with, uh, I have a visor and I have the little box that looks like a Happy Meal box and like a plastic cup that you would get a soda in that all came in that. Um, but I would really love to eat movies. A, a movie burger, what do they call them? I'm going to have to look this up now. Uh, I do know that they're already sold out for the first week, and obviously they take reservations, especially with everything that's going on with COVID. So uh, you can go to moviespopup.com and try to start getting a reservation. Again, uh, they they had uh, some of their, uh, well, at least Rosario, Rosario Dawson showed up uh, for the first uh, opening night. Along with, with, along with Kevin. Um, yeah, I, I wish... Chicago's it, close enough that I wish we could get one here. I know. And you know vegans out there. You know there's going to be vegan options because <laughs> Kevin Smith don't eat no meat. <laughs> well, wasn't that uh, in-universe? I'm trying to remember. Did one of the movies have someone bitching about that? Did Loki, did Loki bitch about it when they went in in Dogma? I, I don't was, think that that was one of the things that he complained about. They talk about the, the like in the, in the new one, right? He he, because Silent Bob has also gone vegan in the mm. newer movie. <clears throat> I don't remember. I mean, if anything, it would have came up in Clerks too, because that took place entirely inside of movies. Um, one other thing that. Uh, I thought was uh, interesting. So you know me and, and toys that I don't need. But this uh-huh. is a toy that I feel like I totally want. Uh, it, it is Deadpool's uh, dismembered uh, head. Oh, I saw this. It's interactive, right? Yeah. So it's a it's like any of those other, like a Baby Yoda or a Tall Yoda, like a, like a thing there that you can, yeah, interact with. It has like over couple hundred phrases uh, that he may go off on like X-Men or say chimichangas and I saw a video of the toy and I was like that it's just the head that talks to you that you could bring around and would be hilarious well there is uh, on the box I guess there is a number that you can call uh, that you can also speak to Deadpool as well and will somehow interact with you so I don't know if they if this is just something for friends to prank other friends, but you can call 1-833-377-4323. And what that will do is it will connect you to talking to Deadpool. And more or less, it's probably just like how these things work or how half the time when robots call us and, thank you, can we please talk to Linz or, you know, it, it can recognize, yeah. like, a yes and no answers from us to kind of have the interaction. I haven't called it yet, but I plan on doing it. And uh, 
I still want this head. Uh, you know what? I can. I'll. I'll give you that one. That one is pretty cool. Like a lot of the stuff, you're like, I want this, and I'm like, you know what? That's just gonna sit on your shelf and gather <laughs> dust. Um, well, but that would be. I think that would be a fun thing to own. All right. Well, then I'm. I'm glad that I have your uh, approval <laughs> you have for my buying approval. stuff. Because <laughs> then I get to play with it too, right? Eventually. <laughs> um. That's mostly about it. I have some small things. Uh. One sad note uh, to talk about, uh, Sir Ian Holm had passed away, and uh, I most uh, treasured him from Lord of the Rings, playing Bilbo. Uh, Peter Jackson had a very good long post that he made. Obviously, people that have worked uh, on the sets with him, and not just this, he was in... uh, Aliens and Fifth Element and a ton of other nerdy things. But it was uh, this quick story from Peter Jackson that talked about when he had taken over on The Hobbit and how he wanted to do a a shot with Sir Ian to come on, but he revealed that he had uh, Parkinson's and how he just wasn't going to be able to do full-day shooting and then or go to New Zealand, and they just were like, okay, yeah, that sucks, we can go around it. But then they just started brainstorming and said, we could come here to you. We could do this here, we could do that. He goes, I I want to be a part of this because I was part of this other epic thing, and that was one of his last works, and it's really a touch. There's tons of places that have it reposted. Um, I'll probably share it on our Facebook page too because it is just a really good story. Um, but sad to have him be gone. And then what was the other good thing I was going to quick say? Oh, uh, you're not going to care about this lens, but the Undertaker has officially declared that he is retired again. I was going to say, I don't follow wrestling too much, especially lately, but I feel like this is kind of like Kiss announcing their last tour, right? (laughs) Exactly. not true. <laughs> Until he dies. And even then, he's the he's Undertaker. Is he yeah. just going to keep going after that? He will. I just, I, when, I, when, I, when I was uh, hearing this, I was like, that is such bullshit. He's going to wrestle one last time because he wants to have that one last match. Every, and I can understand that from uh, when you're involved with something like that. You want to you're going to always have the love for the game. Any sports person, and it is athleticism. It is scripted, but it is they are really doing the stunts. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. That Yeah, you want to kind of put on that last performance. So it's, again, he announced it during uh, this documentary that's been going on lately, and everyone kind of were speculating that was the big rumor to it. Um, and then again, too, money. I mean, fuck. Yeah, hundred million dollars. Come back for thirty, like less than thirty minutes. Fuck, I I don't care how much pain I'm in. That could buy me Do a couple it. new hips. Yeah, right. No shit. <laughs> I mean, he is old. Like he's been around forever. Yeah. And like working though, like a lot of people have like. I mean, you have Ric Flair. He comes and goes, uh, stuff like that. But I feel like the Undertaker is consistently been working yeah 
since I was a child, at least. I don't know how when he got started, like in the main WWE, WWF back then uh, <laughs> franchise. But he's been doing. I'm sure every morning he wakes up and he's like, "Oh fuck, my whole body hurts. Why am I doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> so I well, you know, we'll see. Um, all right, uh, booze in the book this week uh, is the fitting end to Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number five, and I'm just gonna pair it mainly because uh, I had this at a bonfire this week and I haven't had it in a while. But paired with a sweet vermouth, uh, I don't I forgot to write down which brand it was that my buddy had, but he got it from Spain. Uh, that's really I've only had vermouth either with this group or anyone that knows my buddy who lives in Spain. But um, it is a very flavorful, um, strong type of a, a li- liqueur liquor. It's sweet, right? It's a little sweet. Yes. Right? But, but it, I mean, I know it's called sweet vermouth, but very oftentimes you're fooled by alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's what there. There are there are cocktails and stuff that you can make with it, but you could just drink this straight. Like you can do that with all liquors, but some just you wouldn't just want to just sip on vodka. That would be gross. But um, and they're, they're yeah, and not all do, but yucky. Yeah, and not all vermouth is is some is a little bit more. Uh, I feel a little more earthy flavored than sweet, but this kind was made to be more like i said sweet vermouth and uh yeah it's hard it's one of those things that it's hard to describe besides sweet and earthy and kind of yeah they're like it's um it's uh spicy like spicy herbally sort of flavor it's listen one of my favorite i love a good manhattan like that shit is one of my most favorite things in the world to drink um, and, uh, it's because of the sweet vermouth in it hitting up against the bourbon and it's just mm, so good. Yep. And, uh, that's why, cause this was a good crossover. Again, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is such an epic, awesome series that what they're doing now. And although, uh, the turtles seem to kind of be whoring themselves out, whether it's with Batman or with Power Rangers, there's hey, another... Man. Don't slut shame the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. It, this was this was a, a good one in the books. Uh, I thought that worked. Oh, Ghostbusters is another one that they've done too. Um, that just it fit really well. So, make more. Um, yeah, that's all I have this week. Nice. Yeah, slow week. Yeah, it needed. I think. Yeah, we still talked for quite a while, so I guess we just know how yeah. to. <laughs> Turn bullshit into gold. <laughs> I don't know that everyone agrees with that sentiment, but as long as we do, that's all that matters. <laughs> yep. Uh, so with that, uh, stay thirsty for next week with more bullshit from us. Piles of it everywhere. <laughs>